Shalom and welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Carl Whitehead, and today we are going to be continuing on in our series regarding how Torah teaches us, or what Torah teaches us, about the way to pray. So as you will recall in our introduction, we talked about Ishiyahu, Isaiah 56, verses 6 to 8, and started talking about this idea of this house of prayer, where Yeshiyahu says in verse 7, These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. And how in the Torah we find narratives that give us great detail and insight into how God taught people to pray and the result of that. So continuing our discussion about what Torah teaches us about prayer, we can turn to the life of Yaakov, that's, and this is Jacob in the English, and a very important moment in his journey from his uncle's house back to the land of Canaan. So in this moment, we find Yaakov with his wives, children, and greater household about to be confronted by the approaching Asav and his 400 men. So Asav is his brother, who is commonly known as Esau in the English translations. So Yaakov is confronted with a seemingly dire situation, as he remembers that at the parting, his brother Asav had determined to kill him because of the events surrounding the blessing of their father Yitach, where Yaakov disguised himself as Asav at the behest of his mother and tricked his father Yitach into giving him the blessing that was intended for his brother Asav. So all this results in Yaakov being sent to his uncle Laban's house in Padan Aram. And Laban, of course, no better known as Laban in the English translation, is his mother's brother. So there he builds a family and accumulates many resources until, of course, circumstances once again cause him to leave so as to avert potential conflict with his father-in-law. So we're going to take up the narrative in Bereshit 32, 9-12. So that's the book of Genesis, chapter 32, 9-12. And in this, these verses we read, And Yaakov said, O God of my father Avraham and God of my father Yitach, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. Verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I cross this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Verse 11, Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Asav, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. Verse 12, But you said, I will surely do you good, and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So this is a rather remarkable prayer, and I want to point out to you why I think this is so, because there is a, a very interesting progression of the way Yaakov speaks in this verse. So firstly, I just want to point out that Ramban, 
the commentator comments on the phrase, I am too lowly for all the kindnesses and for all of the truth. So this is in verse 11. And in the Hebrew, he's saying this. He's saying, Katnati me kol ha chasadim umi kol ha emet. So he's saying, Katanti, too small. I am small. Me call from all or for all because of all ha chasadim the kindnesses umi call and from all ha emet the truth. And Rambam goes on to to point out that the word ha chasadim the mercies are the kindnesses which God did for him without having vowed to do them. And Ha'emet, the truth, is the kindness which he promised him and fulfilled. So Jacob thus said that he was unworthy of God promising him and performing those kindnesses which he promised him, nor was he worthy of those other many kindnesses which he did for him without having promised to do them. So the crisis point that confronts Yaakov in chapter 32, of course, is this impending reunion with his brother Asav. So Yaakov is fearful of how this meeting will play out and is unsure how the promise of Hashem to Yaakov regarding innumerable descendants can be realized. So we can see here that Torah is addressing a deep issue that sits in all our hearts and is essentially the ongoing crisis of our capacity to believe in the faithfulness of Hashem. So Yaakov feels undeserving of the merit of Hashem's favor and struggles to see the hand of Hashem in directing his future into the realization of promise. And this is something that you'll find in Chapter 28, verses 13 to 15, where God promises to be with him, promises to return him to his father's house, and even goes so far as to say that I will, he will not relent from being with him until all these things that he has spoken of have come to pass. So what we see now in this narrative is this moment of survival for the family of Yaakov. If they, if they are attacked, who will survive? What are the future implications of believing in the faithfulness of the voice of Hashem? Hashem appears to say one thing, yet the opposite seems to be occurring. So what we see in this narrative here in chapter 32, verses 9 to 12, is that Yaakov engages in prayer with Hashem, to work through the issue. So this is the power of conversation that elevates perception to see beyond the apparent and into the witness of future provision for life. Now, Yaakov learnt the power of prayer from his father Yitach. Another thing that Yeshiyahu talks about as well in chapter 65 Verse 24, again, Yeshiyahu is the, how we correctly pronounce the name Isaiah in Hebrew. So in 65.24 it says this, Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. So Yaakov knows what Hashem has said. Yet he also knows that he too must be 
proactive, just like his father and grandfather. So this is why Yaakov enacts the protocol of honor to appease his brother. So when we look at the progression of Yaakov's prayer, we glimpse a wonderful insight into the way he talks to Hashem. So starting with verse 9. And Yaakov said, O God of my father Avraham, and God of my father Yitach, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. Now one thing I'd quickly like to point out as well, for those of you who are familiar with how the Hebrew text is laid out in relation to the verses in the English translation, Verse 9 in the English translation is actually verse 10 in Torah. So when Yaakov uses these words, O God of my father Avraham and God of my father Yitzhak, O Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred that I may do good. This is the power of a memorial declaration. So Yaakov enters into the sound of Hashem's voice and the language of direction and promise. And if you will recall what I pointed out in the introduction to, to the series, that Hashem molds the world we live in when we walk in the sound of His voice. So what is Yaakov doing here that is so fantastic and such the kiss of heaven to us? when we engage with the narrative here is that the memorial declaration is bringing into creation to to remind himself and to remind the atmosphere around him what the voice of God has said because God has said to him return to your country and to your kindred that I may do you good so it sets the tone it sets the the faith statement of the way he prays for what he what he prays after this. And so continuing on into verse 10 where he says, I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For only with my staff I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps. This is the moment of humility and reliance. So he's starting with a memorial declaration. He's starting with the statement of faith, the statement of fact in his discussion with God. God, this is what you have said. And then he goes on to, to state that his humility and his reliance upon God. And we see this again in Verse 11, please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Asa, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. And this is the point where Yaakov opens his heart, opens his heart, and speaks of the survival of his family and the fear of an unknown future. And then he goes on in verse 12, but you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for a multitude. Again, the voice of memorial testimony, reminding Hashem of who he is to Yaakov. 
And this is the moment where faith in the future solidifies. Yaakov knows that this is what Hashem spoke to him. So this is where he must now place his hope for a future that is larger than his current circumstances. So this is an amazing progression of prayer, an amazing way of looking at how Yaakov spoke and learned to speak with Hashem so that he could rally his heart, rally the, the, the sound of Hashem within his heart, within his intellect and within his emotions so that the way he uses language allows the, the promise of Hashem to craft his future for him and that he was walking in the sound of that speaking of promise speaking of hope and yet also opening up his heart to share the reality of how he felt but he didn't let the reality of how he felt and the reality of his fear stop him from bringing that declaration of where he was placing his hope and where he was placing his faith and the remarkable thing about this is if you continue on to read through the life of Yaakov in the book of Barashit, the book of Genesis, you will see that this is the moment where the language of faith has changed. And every other dialogue that we see of Yaakov after this is filled with the testimony of hope, is filled with the testimony of promise, and an internalized sense of belief and faith in the, the security of knowing that Hashem is with him. Baruch Hashem. Shalom, shalom.